gentlemen, welcome to Raven on the Game of Thrones podcast featuring me, Natalie Bohensky. I write Game of Thrones recaps for the Fairfax News websites and joining me on the microphone in the Game of Thrones den every Monday night is Mr. Stuart Late. Stuart, how are you? I'm fantastic, Nat. How are you? That's great. Can I get straight into it? Yes. What the fuck? Yeah, man? exactly. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, I got some I got some views some about feelings? this episode. Yeah, a lot of feelings. Now, should we get straight into it, or should we let's try just, to delay? Let's just rip the band-aid off, okay? okay. Let's, let's start from let's the, the, what I know that we both want to talk about. We haven't talked about it. This is literally us talking about this right now. Stu so, came over. I yeah. said, come in. I don't want to talk anything about the episode. <laughs> I want to save it all for the podcast and yes. find out what you thought mm-hmm. right now. Tell me what you thought. Final scene. <sighs> Ramsey. Mm. I really should be editing my swearing, I think. <laughs> no, that's all right. We're explicit on iTunes. Uh, and so is this show, because wow. Boo hiss. Yeah, okay. Ramsey so Bolton. that happened. That tell happened. me what you think, first of all. Oh, just tell me what you think. <laughs> okay, well. I've got nothing. I've, I've got a couple of, different, couple of different levels that I want to talk about okay, here. Sure. First of all, first I'll get of all, the seat. Yeah, get the, get the pen. We'll, we'll keep, keep track, because it's like when you put too many brackets around things, you sort of get lose track of things. That's my paper. Level one. Paper is shuffling. Pen is writing. Okay. First of all, in scene, I hated it because it's happening. First of all, it's happening to Sansa, who the worst things continue to happen to. And now we've had a pretty awful thing happen to. Yeah. Um, secondly, I didn't like it because I don't know where the show's going with it. And maybe it will pay off down the line. I really hope it does. Because if they've just included it to show how evil Ramsay is, I know how evil Ramsay is. All right, I know that he's a crazy psychopath. I don't need to see a beloved character sexually molested on screen to demonstrate just to, just to drive home the point that he's an evil psychopath. Like I get it. I don't need to see that. So I feel like the show it was a big misstep for the show. Okay. Yes. Interesting. I am going to say that you are the third person who I have seen have that opinion. Yes. From what I've found so far. Okay. And the third male. Right. And okay. I am interested to know, I am genuinely interested to know okay. if this is a, a potentially something that's divided by sex okay. or gender, depending on which word applies here. I personally... Are you throwing a curveball at me here? Like, is this, I hated, yeah? I obviously yeah. hated... What happened in the scene? Yeah. I was so angry and full of rage. And if you mm. read my recap, it just starts with me basically comparing. If you can imagine Edvard Munch's The Scream <laughs> and that face that, twisted and pretty, contorted pretty appropriate, yes. in rage, that is the sound that I, yeah. you know, was mentally making mm. at that point. It was horrific. Mm. I don't have a problem with the show mm. going there. Okay. All right, that's interesting. And I'm interested to know if yeah. this might be shared with other women. Now, don't get me wrong, I could have lived without seeing it, I think, yes. had I never seen it. Mm. But ha- now having had it happen, this horrific rape scene, although the actual rape was kept off screen. Yeah, they obviously, they, they deliberately tempered we saw what, the reaction. What, we, what we could have seen, because look, the show could have gone quite graphic if it Absolutely. wanted to. Absolutely. This is not a show that shied away. No. They I made mean, you it... think back to season one with Daenerys and, and Khal Drogo. I mean, you exactly. know, stuff like that has happened on the show before. Exactly. So. so, 
what they did do was they focused on Sansa's face as a victim okay. of, of this yeah. assault. Yeah, okay. And they focused then on Theon's face. So they mm. made it about the people being affected by the violence. Okay, radio. As opposed to about the aggressor, the assaulter. Yes. Okay. And so that for me was really hitting at a heartstring of this is what it is like mm. to be a victim of sexual assault, to be a victim of sexual violence, to be a victim of violence in general and torture. Yeah. And that was hitting a heart bone that for me, I wondered if, I don't know, part of me felt like that's something that might hit home to people and make them go, shit, this stuff is serious. Like if that's how yeah. I feel, you know, just because in Australia at the moment, there's a huge big push about domestic violence and violence against women. Uh, most of the mm. newspapers and media are kind of keeping a tally of all the women who are being killed by yes, their partners yeah. or ex-partners this year. It's up to sort of 35 or it's, something. Yeah, a, a shockingly high number. It's a shockingly yeah. high number. And along with that, you often find incidences of, of, of rape and sexual assault. And I think somehow having it really put in your face and made so real and so heart-wrenching okay. potentially has a positive effect. Now, one of the people I saw have the same opinion as you, basically, mm. was Michael Barnes. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael, yes. He has said, he said on my Facebook page this afternoon, Natalie's Throne on Facebook, slash Natalie's Throne, he will no longer watch Game of Thrones now. He said it was on notice with him after the Jamie Cersei scene last year, oh, last wow. season. Oh, okay, yeah. And he said that it was not inappropriate. He used the same words as you. I did not need to see that to know how bad Ramsay Bolton was. Yeah. And I don't want to watch it anymore. He will still, however, read the recaps and listen to the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael Barnes. <laughs> and I don't agree. I... Look, I'm not going to stop watching the show, and this is the thing. Yeah. I'm not condemning the show, and I think the big... The big decider is going to be next week is going to be how we deal with the aftermath of this yeah. thing because look absolutely i agree with everything you're saying there in terms of it it wasn't a titillating scene it was a horrific scene like like there's been scenes in the past which are theoretically you know quite nasty sexual violence against women which still have an element of titillation to them in this show and I think the show has taken note of that, and especially with a character like Sansa, who's beloved and te and again, like the age issue comes up. I don't even know how old she's supposed to be. Um, yeah, well, you know, so we we have we have a situation where it's quite complex, and then this beloved character is assaulted in this way. So you have a strong gut reaction to it, and I think there has to be a good reason for it because it can't be another it just another example of a of a character being sexually assaulted to show how evil the villain is. I you know? think, yeah. my theory, is that it is a way of reconnecting Sansa and Theon. Because mm, you'll yeah, notice maybe. before yeah. Sansa's wedding, Theon comes to collect her and says, please take my arm. Mm. Ramsay will punish me if you don't. And yeah. she says, do you think I care what happens, what he okay. does to you? Then she experiences... She obviously knows he's a nutbag. She yeah. had that dinner last week. Yeah. But... Now she has experienced it, and I think that hmm. will... First of all, we know that she's got Brienne waiting for her. Yes, yeah, that's true. Waiting yeah, I'd, for I'd, a signal. I'd forgotten about Brienne and Pond. And I think with Theon, that she potentially then is... a You know, after this incident, um, you know, it, it happens. So 
The other person who I read it was someone writing for The Vine. He was a, a male, a male writer, saying yeah. this scene was unnecessary. And yeah. in the books, it's another character who is kind of married off to Ramsay and... You see that she turns up with bruises and you hear her crying yeah. in the castle, but there's never any abuse that's off screen. Part of me is almost, and he said a similar thing, it's not necessary, but part of me is almost kind of tipping the hat to the producers to go, they put it in front of us. You know, they made you watch. They made you, you are now complicit in <sighs> this Act and in this violent world. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm no, putting no, no, that no, out no, there no, as, absolutely. A, as a possibility. Look, I... I don't necessarily agree with that because this isn't a documentary we're watching. This is something that someone sat down and wrote, right? So it's not, this wasn't inevitable. There could have been any range of things that the writers could have come up with to show that Ramsey was evil, that Sansa's in a bad situation, all sorts of things. You know, there's a long history of villains sexually assaulting female characters as a way to show that they're evil. And I think if that's what the show's trying to do, it didn't need to do it. But it's all going to hinge on how it on how it plays out. And I think you might be right. I, I hadn't considered that angle. But the show might be looking for a way to, to reconnect Sansa and Theon. And if that's the case, then fine. Right? I'm going to have to wait until next week to pass full judgment on, yeah. on the scene. And that's entirely fair enough. And because I'm, I'm not going to stop watching. This is the thing. Like, like I, it wasn't enough to sort of kill the show. I'm not. I'm not like Michael Barnes. I maybe controversially didn't have as much of a problem with that scene with Cersei and Jamie last year as a yeah. lot of people did. Same with me. Because I, I, didn't I either. give the showrunners the benefit of the doubt that they were trying to bring that scene from the books to life, which apparently is a lot more clear cut that everyone's okay with it. Mm. But they sort of brought it to life in a strange you know in a way that suggested otherwise and it was it was badly done but i was willing to go with them on that one also too i think it's a little uh, i think it's a little bit of an easy way out to say it wasn't in the books ergo why is yeah. it in the show no no exactly yeah, um, yeah no the, the show will make all sorts of changes but it has yeah. to be able to justify those yeah. changes it has to be able to make justify the creative decisions it makes if this was a show though that had no books for basis, and you had no, you had nothing to compare it to. No, I would still, I would still have like this. this. Well, I'm not, I'm not basing it on the books. I haven't read the books. I'm, I'm reacting to the show. Yeah. Right. And and you know, one of the arguments that you're going to see a lot in the coming week is that, well, you know, this is a, you know, a, a, an era, and a and a world that has a lot of sexual violence towards women. You know, women are inferior and that sort of thing. But like I said before, we're not watching a documentary. We're not looking through a window into a fully formed world here. Someone sat down and wrote this. Right, and they made the choice that Sansa Stark is going to be sexually assaulted by Roose Bolton, by by Ramsay Bolton. You know, so that they better have a damn good reason for that to happen. Otherwise, why do it? Here's another possible reason, or mm -hmm. here's another possible yeah. suggestion for yeah, yeah. you. She's been married off to this guy. Yes, we know that he's a sadist. Yes, we know that he is an appalling mm. excuse for a human being. Surely we needed to see that play out in their physical relationship. We know that Sansa is coming to this as a woman who has been married, mm -hmm. but was yeah. married to a man who was kind and respected yes. her personal boundaries. Absolutely, yeah. When it was clear that she was not ready or not willing. Yeah. Now she has to come up against someone who and 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 on the you know let's not forget the freaking elephant in the room here that little finger has left her there to this yes yeah knowing 
what would happen. Knowing full well what and was going to happen. And not caring. No. Uh, and so he has and told her to try to own this. Yes. And he must know that there was no way that that, that was something that, that could be avoided. You know, there well, was... Actually, he said, Ramsey said, I, I promise I won't hurt her. From a, from, a char- from, a character, from a character perspective, he explicitly says on screen, I don't know you very well. Oh, did he? Yeah. He says to Ramsey, he says, I don't know you very well. And he says, well, I was a bastard up until very recently. Oh. So, so actually, so actually that's, the one, that's the one time where I think Littlefinger might get a pass in the sense that I don't think he knows that Ramsey is a crazy idiot. Although having said that, like he knew what he was doing. He was marrying Sansa off to Ramsey Bolton. He knew what was eventually going to happen. They were going to consummate their marriage. I don't think he thought that he was, she was going to be assaulted in the way that she was. Right. I don't think that's necessarily on Littlefinger. Although, let's not spare him too much blame because now we, we see, you know, other machinations from him. And we'll talk about that yeah, in a minute. Yeah, we'll but, get to that later, yeah. freaking Littlefinger. Yeah. Honestly, I... Oh, <laughs> that guy. I mean, if it wasn't for the boo-hiss Boltons, <laughs> I would have, you know, much more hate for Littlefinger. But, look, I thought it was an incredibly well-put-together piece of you know of tv just had that sense of dread and that kind of sense with game of thrones that the the hero will escape their fate Mm. a similar thing to ned stark he's got to get out of this and you think oh god this is not and then to involve reek in such a way so and i don't want to take anything away from the assault on sansa i don't want to take i mean that is the clear number one issue with the scene is his treatment of sansa but plot wise He's also doing it for a reason to continue to torture Theon. Yeah, oh look, everything in the scene is justified. You know, he's doing it for character reasons. It's not like it's come out of the blue. It's not It's not gratuitous. But I, it still left me with a really bad taste in my mouth afterwards. I was mm. just like, well, I don't think... I don't think the show needed that. I don't think I needed that. Yeah, it's really funny because you know, like... my, my initial reaction was all in scene. It was all... I hate Ramsay. I have to have revenge on him. I have to. And I'm I'm just in the show stuff only came later after I'd finished my recap and sort of started. See, for me, the the show, the show stuff came very quickly. Like like I I had that visceral reaction to it as well. It's like, Oh no, Sansa, you know, it's terrible. But then very quickly afterwards, I was like, well, you know, did we need that? Did, was that like, was that what the show needed at this point? Mm. Maybe it was, maybe it will be borne out in later episodes that, you know, this was an important plot point for the character. Yeah. Maybe. I wonder I wonder if my critical thinking skills then are somewhat <laughs> lacking. If it takes me a while to no, I, to I, actually th- consider those show things. I think just I, because... I, I guess I always approach it where I have to kind of get in world and recap it oh, yeah, in absolutely. world. So yeah, the whole yeah. the external influences on that scene were... Yeah. Something and no, that came later. Normally, normally I have the same reaction. I don't know why I was so quick to sort of distance myself from it in that way. I don't know. Like, like, that happened very quickly. I'm normally like you. I normally react to it on its own terms. Then later, I'll sort of think about it and we'll come and talk about it. But, yeah, this one was just very... It was, it was almost yeah. immediate. I was like, I, don't, I didn't need to see that and I'm not sure the show needed it. Yeah. So, I don't know. And it's interesting to compare it to something like, to like The Red Wedding because sexual assault and rape has such a different not a feel or a, a vibe or a, something to it that is, mm. is particularly you can watch people getting stabbed and, and, and 
and and cut up like at the red wedding yes, or, and yeah. it's heartbreaking and it's awful and it's appalling and it's repellent mm. but then there's something about a sexual assault that yeah, really exactly. has so much more levels of pain in it and well that's right and, and look there's 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 it's a real world act like, like you know something like the red wedding doesn't really happen anymore do you know what i mean like this is the thing yes. like, like something like the red wedding does not necessarily happen but but Sexual assaults do happen every day. And so and... maybe then the discomfort, as I said initially, we come back to that mm. first point I had of having it put on you full screen Yes, is really disturbing because you know that this may be something that someone is experiencing or has experienced, you know, that you may know because the incidence is, you know, relatively common yes, for women. Yeah, but I think then the show has much more of a, an onus on it to pres- to justify why it's presenting it as entertainment. Yeah. You know. And yeah, again, well, and that's... again, if if it if it sticks the landing, then I'm all for it. But I was really uncomfortable watching the scene because it was Sansa, because it was And that's a big part of it too. It is a big part yeah. of it. Yeah. Like like it's this character that we've we've seen, you know, as a girl in Winterfell and we've yeah. come right through with her. So maybe that was a bit of it. That's part of it too. Maybe I was reacting to it quite viscerally as well. And also the fact that she was a virgin. They made a big deal yes, of saying exactly. that. exactly. And yeah. there's something still about that status of virgin. That would have been a horrible act, no matter what been... the woman's sexual status was. Yes. But putting this level of virginity on it, that adds that still has a sort of a, a thing in our culture. There of, is, there is, yeah. You know, being worse. So uh, all these things factor into it. Yes. And I'm not saying that I'm right and anyone else is wrong. Everyone and again, else is wrong. I could very well be wrong. And I'm just really interested no, yeah. to hear no, other and people's and opinions. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, having, we're having this discussion. I'm sure people will have a lot of opinions about this. We're going to see a lot written about this in the next week. Yeah. We're, we're recording this. As I said, the... the Vine already has a piece up about yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the, I'm already yeah. thinking, well, should I stay up tonight and write something in reaction, <laughs> kind of gather a bit of social media bugs yeah, and, and see what the general thoughts are. Yeah, so I think I think there's going to be a very strong reaction to this because for a lot of people a lot of people were in Michael Barnes's situation where I think the show was on its last chance with them because they weren't happy with the way women were portrayed in the in the series. They weren't happy with the show. You know, I I love the show, but even I have to admit it does sort of have its cake and eat it too with its portrayal of female characters. You know, there's there's strong incredibly well-rounded, strong, complex female characters. And then there's also chicks who get naked on screen because you need to have the boob quotient mm. for the episode. Yeah, that's you a know. fair criticism. Um, and, and, you know, as we've complained on the podcast before, there's a severe lack of dongs, you know. So it's yeah. just, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, the show has the show has a problem portraying women sometimes. And I think it opens itself up to this sort of criticism when it uses a character and puts her in this situation. Mm. I don't know. Like I said, and I've said it, I've said it a number of times and I'm just repeating myself now, but, <laughs> but next episode will be how it, or, or whenever we get to the aftermath of whatever's happening here, yeah. how the show justifies it is going to be, that, that will be the judgment on the yeah. episode. If it's never mentioned again. Yeah, and... it's, it would just be like, insane but <laughs> like I think they, they have to address it somehow I, yeah, but I think it, it, I think it will have to play a part in what happens yes. next and particularly in that relationship with yeah. Dion and Sansa I think yeah so 
Right, we've spoken okay. now for 20 minutes, <laughs> roughly, on that one sequence at the end, but I think it is going to be the big key Oh yeah, that, that'll be what issue. everyone's talking about. So let's go back, lighten the tone. Now let's the... talk about Tyrion nearly getting his cock cut off. Oh my god! <laughs> so every week in my recap, I, I do a category called Best Moments best, and yep. then Best Lines. Best Lines, yep. And I had that whole scene with Cersei and Olena because, oh my god, oh my god oh, Olena wow. is back. And I she love is. her. And, and what a what a what a way to what an entrance! Every line she said was pretty much gold. You know, from oh, you can smell the shit from five miles back. And, you know, oh, oh look, there's the the tart tongue of the Queen of Thorns. Oh, there's the tart Queen Cersei. Queen Cersei. You know, I love line. that the gloves were off. Like the last time she was in King's Landing, she was still playing the game. She was being like all prickly, like she is, but. She was still playing the game, whereas this time she's come back, she's going to get her grandson, and she's not yeah. taking no for an answer. The velvet glove is off. Yes. The fist is out. The fist is out. So I said in my best moments, this would win. Every line she had would win the best zing, except for except. the line, <laughs> the dwarf lives <laughs> until we find a cock merchant. I'm just going to have some water. You said earlier, someone had to sit down and write, uh, you know, that scene. Yes. Someone sat, someone down, sat down and wrote that line of dialogue. <laughs> maybe it was George R. R. Martin, because I haven't read maybe, the books. Maybe it was. But it was hilarious, that whole that, that whole scene. But that, and that's is a, that is a contender. That's a contender for not only best line of this series, but best line ever uttered in any sort of entertainment. Anywhere. <laughs> this is not a combination of words that I ever would imagine being put together. You know, a monkey, yes. a million monkeys on a million typewriters. Right. Could they come up with? Come up with a line of such beautiful perfection until we find a cock, cock merchant. merchant. <laughs> and I sw- I want like cock merchant on a badge or something. <laughs> cock merchant. And let's 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 just start then with 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 Tyrion and Jorah. Tyrion and, Jorah, and yeah. little, Tyrion mm. having uh, left Varys and their road trip is now yes. road tripping with Jorah. King of comedy, King of smiles. Oh, yes. <laughs> Happy-go-lucky such fellow a, that he is. charming, charming companion he is. And they are forced to walk to Marine now. Yes. And they have uh, a, a few interesting conversations, the first being about their fathers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I And it's funny, you forget, in a show this big and with this many characters, you forget that sometimes they don't know that other characters have mm. died because they're on the other side of the world. I didn't know that Tyrion knew that Joa Mormont had died. And I guess it was never I seen feel like in the show. I feel like that's a bit of a cheat on the show's part. I think, you know, it's just sort of like he, he was in King's Landing. He, he must probably have heard. got a raven. Yeah, yeah exactly. Someone you know. would have sent mm. it off when they got back from yeah. that. It's not implausible that he would have known. but Yeah. But then, of course, to know in quite such detail about how he died, I guess the yeah. raven must have, you know, <laughs> must have been a particularly big piece of paper. That's right, With yes. all those details. They sent a couple of ravens, yeah. And... Yeah, that was it. Was very convenient, but still, there was a nice reaction from Jorah there to the idea that he's mm. in a very proud father who he dis- disgraced so tremendously. Uh, never, he never got a chance to see him again to kind of make amends because you do feel like Jorah was trying to you feel like Jorah was spying on Daenerys in the first place to try to get back into the good books yes, in King's yeah, Landing, absolutely, and in Westeros, and hopefully try to make it up to his father. I would assume. 
So now he has a father that he'll never meet again. Yeah, Wouldn't exactly. it be interesting if he met Jon Snow one day? Because Jon Snow has the sword that he should have, Longclaw. That would be weird. Mm. <laughs> that would be very strange. Like, hey, I'm Jon Snow. Uh, what's that sword? That's, that looks familiar. And then they have a discussion about Daenerys and why he is fighting mm. for her, which I thought was really interesting because Tyrion is the worldly cynic. Yes. Exactly. Nothing should be taken seriously. Yeah. Everything is silly. He's kind of the poster boy for our, our era of irony, really. He's almost like a modern character thrust into the series in a yeah, lot of Yeah, he times. takes nothing yeah. seriously. Yeah. Everything's a joke. Hmm. Yeah, apart from saving his own skin. That's the one yes. thing that he takes seriously. <laughs> and Jorah says, I saw her walk into the flames and expected to find her corpse. And instead hmm. I found her untouched holding baby dragons and have you ever heard baby dragons sing did we see the baby dragons sing at all we heard them like cry out a lot a they kind of went is yeah. that what he meant by <laughs> singing I they made weird called... kitten noises like i yeah. think yeah i guess that's it and i would have just thought that meant crying or and look they were pretty cute i don't know if they're <laughs> i don't know if Not they're necessarily so something no no that's right they did get big fast but then yes. look at this big chubber here Cat, one of my kittens, kittens kittens turn into cats very quickly yeah um, one of my foster kittens here james bond uh is only four months old but he looks like a fully grown cat he's quite the big boy i suspect he's going to get bigger <laughs> much like a dragon yes and then jorah and Tyrion were sort of arguing so much they didn't notice a slaver's base ship until it was too late and bang they get they get captured captured by slavers yes. who initially say they're going to cut Tyrion's throat <laughs> and sell his manhood. And then remove another part of his anatomy, yes. To a cock merchant. A cock merchant, which apparently exists in, in uh, the world of ice and fire. I love that there is a world somewhere, even if it's just in the imagination, <laughs> in the fever dreams of George R. R. Martin, that there's a place where you can buy and swap that. Although, didn't Futurama do that? They did, they did an episode with Human oh, Horn. They did actually, they? Human yeah. Horn, yes, that's right. But an interesting development, and and this is the thing, I I didn't didn't think, I I thought they probably would have made it, you know, without too much more incident, and maybe that's me being naive, but obviously this is how Jorah's going to end up back in front of Daenerys, is in the slave, in the fighting pits. In the fighting pits. For a second, I thought he was going to claim to be Barristan and Selmy. Because he, he said, because um, Tyrion was saying that, oh, he's a legendary fighter. You know, telling lies to keep them alive. He said, oh, no, he's a legendary fighter. And I thought Jorah was going to say that, oh, no, I'm Barristan Selmy. You know, I'm, I'm you know, a legendary oh, that's a really good thing. point. But he didn't. He just sort of... Because he said he unseated Jamie Lannister. Was yeah. Was that a lie? Because Barristan, I think, did And that. that's what I mean. I, that's, that's why I thought, oh, wow, I think that's... I think he's, try, he's claiming to be Barristan Selmy, but... He then didn't maybe, say his name, did he? But he never said, I'm Barristan Selmy. I, so maybe he actually did. Did he did. say, I'm, I'm Jorah Mormont? No, he didn't say who he was. Not in the scene, anyway. Oh. So, I don't know who he's claiming to be. I Maybe Jorah did unseat Jamie Lannister? I don't know. I it's can't remember. It's possible. It's possible. The timelines kind of work out. Mm. But Jamie, Jamie apparently, good. Jamie apparently was, a, was the best swordsman in Westeros, but he, he wasn't necessarily the best jouster, so I'm not sure if that... Oh, okay. But that is a silly fancy man game. (laughs) Fancy man game. What did you think of the fact that the slavers were black guys? Uh, I noticed it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I did notice it. Um, 
Because I thought, or, I thought it for. A, I was like, oh, I'm quite. That's, chuff- a, that's a whole other twenty minute discussion. I think. Oh, is yeah. Well, I thought my capsule version was. Isn't that cool that you know they <laughs> they put the twist on the historical. Yes. You know yes, what, what happened historically with slavery, hmm. which it meant that generally white people were enslaving black people, and they've put a twist on that. Uh, however, it then raises the question of: Are they implying that all like black guys are bad? Yeah, hmm. that, that was that was that was the weird thing that I took away from that scene was here's a here's here's some more um, you know people of color in this show that is fairly white still. You know, like like we've we've we have some ethnically diverse people in there, but it's still a lot of white people. Obama running around. Sand is from New Zealand. <laughs> That's true. Yes, it's diverse. There's still it? there's still a lot of white people running around. And hey, here's some here's some new um, black characters, and they're bad guys. I don't know. It seemed a bit strange, but but you know, it's, it's a tough one. I, I think again, it's something where it's appropriate to the to the region. I guess like that's I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. It, it, it does very much feel like Westeros is the UK and Essos yeah, it's, it's, it's the UK Europe if it was the size into, of South America, yeah. Yeah. But let's move on to our other great double act this episode. Well, we had a few, but there was Jorah and Tyrion, and then we had Jamie and Bronn. Jamie and Bronn. In disguise. <laughs> Being all spy-like. <laughs> and... and, and it's, it is surprisingly easy to get into the into the to the palace gardens. That whole thing was so bizarre because at Very one strange. point they're, they're they're kind of Lawrence of Arabia style riding across these mountains. Yeah, Bron singing the Dornishman's daughter, <laughs> and then Jamie cutting. Which it I'm off. sure I'm sure must have some sort of relevance to the plot because he says, "Oh, you you want to? This song's all yes. about how it finishes." And we never heard the end. I don't know how that song goes, so I'm sure there's some. <laughs> I'm sure fans of the book are out there going, "Ah." But, you know. And then, all of a sudden, they're just at the gate, breaking yes. in to kidnap Marcella. Not, not breaking in, just walking in. Um, I apparently suppose they're in, the, they're in the... They're in the... Robes? Robes, yeah, but I, I don't know. That seemed, that seemed very easy. I guess they skipped over a lot of it for plot convenience. Like, we don't need to see them get past the guards or whatever. It's yeah, fine. true. It did seem very abrupt that they're suddenly, <laughs> hey, here we are. That thing we were going to, we're here. And, of course, they... Uh, there to get Marcella back, and we finally see Marcella talking yes. to Tristane and <laughs> this young couple who appear to dig on each other quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. They're off smooching, macking on, in the Canoodling. in, in the uh, gazebo area of the water gardens, and uh, it, it's funny because you'd think, why are they wait? Why have they been waiting so long to marry? Maybe a a well, I think time. Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, I guess they've been. I guess they've been hang, waiting for everything to settle down. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. Again, it's something that's left unclear. Not really um, explained. Yes. But having said that, they break in to uh, Jamie and Bron break in to get Marcella, and have to do the <coughs> <coughs> stop kissing the <laughs> handsome. <laughs> man that you're kissing their daughter niece and she's like uncle jamie what are you what are you doing here what are you doing here how did you what and bron says to tristan who's quite clever obviously picks up that they are probably there and under various circumstances probably not there for good reasons and he says don't do something stupid and, and he, tries he goes for his sword, sword. <laughs> bron punches him out <laughs> 
says that, that was something stupid. That was something stupid. <laughs> so good. It's, it's good to have that clarification. Oh, Bronny's great. He's and the then, best. of course, at the same time, by absolute sheer bloody chance, the Sand Snakes are preparing to strike because they want to take Marcella off as well. Mm. And they get into a big fight with Jamie and Bron. And yes. this was interesting because Bron is a pretty efficient killer. He is. Technically, he probably should have laid waste to those girls quite quickly. Well, no, I think I think that's the show trying to tell us that the Sand Snakes are pretty pretty formidable in their own right. Yeah. That. And there's three of them. Yeah, but one was you off know. fighting Jamie. Yeah, well, that, that still leaves two. And they're apparently, you know, excellent warriors. So... Mm. You know, we see that now with Bronn, who is a very, a very skilled fighter and, you know, dirty fighter in the past, uh, doesn't manage to, to get land a blow on them. I think he punches one of them at one point. But then, now, I'm, I'm very worried about Bronn now, right? Because the Sand Snakes, uh, like Oberon Martell famously used venom on his spears. He used poison-tipped spears, right? Bronn very conspicuously got cut. This episode. Okay, so a shout out to Greg from Smart Enough to Know Better, yes, the yeah. podcast, who I was chatting to about this earlier today, and he said, "Oh my God, Bron, he's going to be dead because he got cut with a knife." And I was like, "What? What? What got cut with a what? When was that? I didn't see that. I completely missed that." <laughs> there, there was like there was a conspicuous shot of him getting cut on the arm. The, totally the, went over the, the my one. Head. The one that uses the daggers um, got him. And it was just a glancing blow. That, like you wouldn't think too much Raphael of it. Is that Raphael or Michelangelo? <laughs> Raphael. Raphael. Who's called Raphael? Raphael. Is it, is it Ray Fiennes? Eventually, it all got calmed down by the guards, Prince Doran's guards, yes. coming in mm-hmm. to settle the fight, stop the fight at the very least. To stop least. the fight, yeah, and arrest everyone. Yeah, Captain mm. Oreo, I think he's Aria, Ario, Ario Speedwagon. Ario. <laughs> That, that's well. That's his name now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that should be his name because I think I put in my recap. I think it was Oreo because. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. but Ario Speedwagon is Ario so Speedwagon. much better. Captain Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> Who wouldn't shut up for that bloke? That's amazing. So he came in and told everyone to you know put their weapons down, and mm-hmm. he held an axe. Yes. To someone's throat. Uh, to Jamie's throat. Yeah. And said, and and said, if you were whole, it would be a good fight. <laughs> Which is a pretty bad diss, but, you know, mm. true. So what will happen then with those guys now that Bronn and well, Jamie the, yeah, are exactly. ostensibly and in custody? Bronn could be a bit peaky. Yes, well, this, yeah, exactly. So this is what I'm worried about. I'm worried that I'm worried that Bronn's been poisoned by the Sand Snakes and that that could be the end of him. And I really hope it's not because that would be a terrible way for that character to go out and I would be very annoyed. Um, as for everyone else, now we now we see uh, so those th- those three sand snakes have been arrested, as has their mother or the um, Ilaria, Ilaria, and her um, fabulous haircut and her fabulous haircut. Let's not forget that. Yes. Um, so she's been arrested and Jamie's been arrested. So now we have to see what happens with all of these all of these people. It's going to be very interesting because like Jamie Jamie is there secretly, so him being there is technically. You know, that, that could that could start a war. Yep. You know? It's in a sensitive diplomatic mission. Absolutely. But by the same token, they were just about to kill a Lannister girl. So, you know, it just becomes... Were they going to kill her or were they just going to kind of trap her? The Sand Snakes were going to kill her. I'm pretty sure they were going to take her away. They, they said they were going to take her away. They said they were going to take her, but I didn't think... I thought they were going to more like, you know, torture her to get Cersei to... Well, I'm pretty sure they were going to cut bits up. off her. That was, the, that was the whole idea. Yeah, that's not killing those two. 
probably frowned upon, though. I yeah. think from. And I mean, unless <laughs> unless you're Tyrion, then yeah, cutting That's things right, off yes. is probably going to end in death. Absolutely. Let's go over to Bravos, yes. where Arya finally we're getting to see her make some progress in the House of Black yes. and White. And again, I think we might have different opinions about this because I am starting to really get frustrated with that storyline, and okay. I need I need her to stop. What what's she doing there? Why did she go? Do you know what I mean? Like because she's just running around, just not getting it the the entire time. Like it just seems like, you know, she she knows that she's there to train and to do all this stuff, and she's just sitting there going, "What do I have to do this for? I don't understand." Like I'm Arya Stark. It's like, no, you're no one. That's that's the point of look, you. Look, keep in mind she is what thirteen, fourteen at yeah, this I point. Suppose. Yeah, she's I don't had know. a bit of a traumatic life. Yes, and. She's always, but been... it just it just feels like she knew the score going in, and then she's just been complaining about it the entire time she's been there. And maybe that's maybe that's a, a, I, a symptom I, of see, the. I don't think she did know the score. I think that she, you know, she when... thought she was going to learn to be a badass assassin, and yeah, instead she she's never. Jack and Hagar never said if you come and present this coin and say Vala Mugulis, mm. you'll come in to our center, you'll live <laughs> kind of a barefoot existence for. Seven, eight, nine years. Hmm. Eventually, we'll, if we decide you're worthy, we might <laughs> put you into an initiation rite, which will decide if you're worthy of the training. Hmm. Now, if you get through your first year of training, there's an exam, there's a sort of a test, which if you uh, survive, you pass. That's pretty much just pass-fail scenario. <laughs> and then you've got another 10 years of training. And then you can become a faceless man. If he had said all that, or hmm. whatever it is, yeah. she probably would have had a rethink. But all she knows is there's this cool guy who could kill people seemingly out of nowhere. She wants to kill a lot of people. That's right. She's got nothing left to lose. So I I can kind of see her frustration, but I do agree that it's the kind of... In a book, you can space out someone's character journey by having them learn little bits and pieces or have inner thoughts in a TV show does get a little this bit season, This convey. season has been notoriously choppy. We didn't see any of Daenerys or Jon Snow this week. And that's after a couple of, a couple of episodes in a row where we've, we've dealt with them a lot. Yeah. So there has been a bit of seesawing back and forth on characters this season. Yeah. So I think they've sort of gone, okay, this week it's catching up with Arya. So here's what she's up to. Yeah. And we get all this stuff from her and it all kind of comes at once. And it does feel a little bit repetitive. But then we get to the end... And now we see that maybe that's not what she's going to be doing for the foreseeable future. Maybe there's something completely different happening. What I liked was this test that she had to go through where she had to become a convincing liar, essentially. Yes, yeah. And the way I've put it... There was, yeah, there was some great moments in that scene. I loved it, yeah. Yeah, the way I've put it is that the House of Black and White is teaching people how to become George Costanza. Because... <laughs> as he always said, it's not a lie if you believe if it. If you believe it. And so he was asking her about herself and she was saying... They also celebrate like, Festivus as well, so... Oh man, wouldn't that be good? <laughs> the airing of grievances would be particularly bad. And Ramsay Bolton. Ah, little finger. Ah. So, uh, Arya is making things up about her history to make it seem better. You know, she says her father died in battle and yeah, I think, whips um, her and says... It was probably... I get the impression, like, we'd, we'd never get told, but I get the impression that she was just told to introduce lies in that scene and, and convince him. Oh, you mean I as guess. an acting choice? No, 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 no. As, as 
like in in the scene like I think Jack and Agar has said to her tell me lies but convince me that you're telling the truth I, I, I imagine that's what's going on oh, in that scene duh. do you know what I mean like, like that was obviously a test so he's gone who are you and she's gone blah 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 but she's introduces these little lies in the, in the middle there and he's gone nope lie yep. lie and then I loved at the end where she says you know I, I left the hound to die because I hated him and he goes lie yeah, right, yeah. And she's like, "No, I hated him. Lie, yeah, you know, which is why quite- do you <laughs> lie to me, little girl? You clearly love that big bad man." <laughs> which again was one of the good pairings on the show, and, and sadly gone. Then she finally has to pass her test, which is to convince a dying girl that yes. everything's going to be okay if she only drinks the water. Yeah, which which again was a, another great scene, and obviously like a big moment for her. Like that's yeah, and it's huge and. While I have been a little bit frustrated, particularly this episode with her storyline, Maisie Williams is a great actress. She's like she's fantastic. so good. She's so good. She's so good for someone who is still I think only just turned eighteen and has been like a young teenager yeah. throughout this whole series. Like she's so good. So now she has been led by Jack and into the I don't know what you'd call it, the place where they put all the bodies after she washes them. Well not only that not that, is that where they get their faces from? Like this is, is that what I'm what thinking. we're yeah. yeah. So it's like a combination between... The gallery of faces. Yeah, it's a combination between the body farm in The Matrix. <laughs> yes. And did you ever see Return to Oz? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so there's a... Oh, wow. There's a scene in that where she meets this princess who is able to take off her head. Yes. And put on other heads, other female heads. That is a uniquely scary movie to watch as a kid, can I just say, by the way. <laughs> like, so yes. I don't remember much else from Return to Oz, but that yes. sequence yeah, yeah. of taking off... Mostly because I thought that would be amazing for, like, simple hairdressing. You know? <laughs> because you just never have, it all have pre-done. to be like, I just pre-do it, pop it on. <laughs> So that was when I saw that scene. I was, and it was faces just kind of poking out yeah. of giant, great big ruddy towers. Mm. That was the immediate image that it called up for me. So I'd be really interested to know if anybody else remembers Return to Absolutely. Oz. Absolutely. I, I didn't put that together, but I totally get where you're getting yeah. that from. Yeah, that's amazing. So we'll watch that for next week. Let's go back now and wrap up things at King's Land. Cersei effing Lannister. Yes. Wow. That wow is evil. Yes. Evil. And and so stupid. Like How so? Very stupid. Like her father was treacherous, but in a very straightforward way if that makes sense. Like he was everything he did was to secure the power of his house and to secure his family. Cersei is deliberately antagonizing the one ally that the Lannisters have left, the Tyrells. She's deliberately antagonizing them. Because she personally hates Marjorie. That's literally the reason that she's doing all this. Yeah. Like, it's very, it's very in character, if nothing else. Yeah, I guess so. You have to wonder a similar thing. What is her end game with this? I don't think she has an end game. I think her end game is she hates Marjorie Terrell. She wants the Terrells to suffer for a bit. So That's all that she wants out of this. Hate on Marjorie Terrell. Something. Profit. Profit. Except no profit, <laughs> because all the profit is with the Terrells. Yeah. You know, like, like uh, Elena Terrell actually says at one point, do you want me to take away all the troops and money that I'm providing to the crown right now? Like, it's crazy. And and Cersei says, oh, well, you know, this this kingdom's been at war for ages. And it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't try and start another one. You know, like, it just, it just seems very 
Like, like it's, it's a very personal vendetta for her, which is very in character. But it just seems uniquely stupid. I just don't... Oh. But think on this. Yeah. If she has both Loris and now Marjorie, because they were very clever, she was so clever and yes. had the High Sparrow question both Loris and Marjorie and make them swear by yes. the Seven that all these oh, she did were lies. Yeah. She completely snookered them. That's right. And by having them both locked up, if they decide, well, we're going to put you to death for being sinners, the Tyrells kind of have no future. The crown is free again. Cersei could get Tommen married off to someone that she much prefers. The Tyrells could march back to... They do, but, but as, they, as, they've, pointed, Garden, as but... they've pointed out many times, like House Lannister is broke. After years and years of riding on rivers of gold, House Lannister has no gold left. So the Tyrells have all the money. They have all the troops. You know, it's it's absolutely in character for Cersei to do all this, but it just seems like she has no long term plan here. Her long term plan is get rid of Marjorie. So you're saying that the check on her destructive power that was her dad, yeah, is gone now. It's gone. Yeah. So it's a free for all. And this is this is what Cersei. Cersei. She's gotten rid of the small council. She's controlling. Cersei Tommen. has taken power and she is using it to pursue her own personal vendettas. Poor Loras. Slow Loris. Slow Loris is going to be... Well, this is the thing. I mean, is it an executable thing? Yeah. I mean, or do they lock him in the dungeon? Or what, what happens there? We have to have a trial now. Mm. Marjorie, do you think she'll get out of it? She's very cunning, but, you know, the yeah. only thing really would be if Tommen actually stood up to his it mother. Was, it was very interesting. It was very interesting that he allowed the Queen to be taken away like that. That was interesting. Mm. Um, I think a reckoning is coming on that front. Yeah, I hope One so. way or another. I'd love to see Tommen One stand up. One way or up. another. I think Tommen might stand up to his own, you know, detriment. Or, you know, maybe he'll stand up and he'll, you know, be firm and, and you know, put his foot down. I don't know. Who knows? I, I hope... I hope it'll play out in a satisfying way. And that's all we can really hope for. Finally then, Littlefinger. Yes. We mentioned it earlier. Yes. He's finally... a rat bastard! We, we finally see the other side of his little plan. Yeah. So he's he's got the Boltons and Stannis against each other, and now he's come south, and he's like, "Oh, Cersei, they're about to fight each other, so just wait, and once it's all done, then we can go in and and we can pick off whoever's left." And you, know? you can appoint me Warden of the North. Warden of the North. So From there where we go. he can then launch a campaign to take the Iron Throne. Take itself. the Iron Throne. Absolutely. How? I, t- I mean, I know Baelish is self-serving <laughs> and like my theme for my recap this week was about games and everyone's playing games in this episode. It's yes. games of one-upmanship yeah. or games of, you know, truth or dare. Or... Or, or games indeed of thrones. Yes. Yes. Thank you for bringing it back to where it's real, Stu. <laughs> He's playing his own game. Yes. Only he knows the rules, which means he always wins. That's right. Because no one else knows that they're playing against him. So, you know, because Cersei, he's just able to say something like, oh, look, I've heard from very well-placed sources, i.e. me, with my own eyes. Me, when I was there. When, and I, when I dropped off Sansa. Her, yeah. yeah, I've heard that Bolton is going to marry Sansa from mysteriously good sources. And Cersei is just blinded by, as you say, personal vendetta. She sees Sansa yeah. as being complicit in Joffrey's death. That's right, exactly. She still blames Sansa. Which, again, seems uniquely um, stupid for the character. But again, it is in character. She's like, angry at Bolton because he 
was supposed to be in a pact with them, and now it yeah, appears now, he's now it turning. His, yeah, exactly. We should never have trusted a turncoat. She's just overlooking the fact that the mastermind is he, sitting he, right he in is, front of he him. He is a cobra. Yeah. Yes. With his head raised and his spiky tongue <laughs> forking and, and, and slipping out of his mouth and nothing. Just does not pick up on... Yeah. You know, he, he even... It's like he's got a big sign, neon sign over his head going, bah, villain, bah, villain, bah, villain. And nobody it picks would be, up on it. It would be pretty funny if we got to the end of the series and Peter Baelish just sort of sits on the Iron Throne and goes... Finally. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. It would be like this. Finally. Fi- I can't, oh, Peter Baelish. Peter Baelish. Finally. No, you're doing too Irish. He's more no, no, no. He goes plenty Irish. <laughs> I don't hear it, though. Stu, another very full podcast. Yes. Quite full. We get longer every week. There was a lot to talk about this episode. I think it's justified. That was a, a huge scene. Probably one of the pivotal, mm. you know, like it lump it scenes Absolutely. of this season. I look forward to seeing, as you say, how it turns out next week. It's all going to hinge on how it plays out, so hopefully they stick the landing. In the meantime, please like us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can find us on iTunes, yes. Raven On, and please leave us a review. We have three lovely reviews already. We do. Thank you, guys. And we love to feel popular, so please <laughs> leave more there. You know, when I'm alone and, and sad, I just like to look at those reviews and feel a little better about myself. <laughs> and we'll see how everything turns out next week. It's going to be huge. I am looking forward to a lot of discussion about this, hopefully, this week. So catch us on Facebook or Twitter. I'm Girl Conzi. I'm just going to you. We'd love to chat about what you thought. And in the meantime, Bala Mogulis. Winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs>